0: What I noticed was that those customer interactions that had a distinct beginning, a distinct middle and a distinct ending, it was literally like art. It was like music. When we can manage the calls with skill and with style, you add the friendly tone, you add the formal words, you manage that call and keep it on track or that interaction and keep it on track. It's like a masterclass in customer communication.
1: Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Sam We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road-and-operation software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. We join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in the way we lead our people, how we operate, how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we wanna share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. In this week's episode, I'm very excited to be joined by customer service expert, keynote speaker, and author, Charlotte Purvis. She works with companies and nonprofits to improve the way they deliver customer service. Charlotte shares her journey and how she was asked from a client to write a book about her approach to customer service. And in that book, she shares her formula for success, which is friendly, formal and focused conversation. She also shares some great examples about how she used this approach to transform customer service in many organizations over the last 20 years, she says it's so key. the leaders are involved in the implementation and maintenance of the training program. She mentioned that approach will not only make you good at customer service and improve communication within the workflows but many people have actually taken what they have learned through these programs and applied it to all aspects of their life which really have surprised her. We talk about what have changed due to the pandemic when it comes to customer service and Charlotte feels that empathy now has become top focus when engaging with customers and stakeholders. We dive into what hospitality leaders should bear in mind as we reopen, top advice for building better relationships with your customers, and much more. Along the way, we visit many other themes, retention of customers, the power of investing in new people, not just being digital, understanding your customers' wants and needs, how to create human interaction, and much more. Before we tune in, please sign up for our weekly newsletter on hospitalitymavericks.com packed with more Maverick insights, strategies, and tools. Now, please grab notebook, pen, coffee, and enjoy. Today, we will uh, have a great conversation about how We communicate and talk with our customers i would say even how you communicate and talk with you know all the stakeholders in your business and this has a you know in my own experience the last couple of weeks as i've been more aware about this uh, has been i've been lucky to read a book we're going to be talking about that charlotte Purvis have has written uh with our guest today and it's going to be so key i believe that as society and our businesses are reopening that we actually just think a bit about how we communicate with people, because we're all a bit flustered. We've been through some tough times. And more than ever, the way we, we, we communicate and interact with people are going to be critical, I think. So therefore, I think it's very exciting that we're going to have this conversation today. And with that said, welcome to the podcast, Charlotte.
0: Well, thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience today.
1: I mentioned that, you know, you're writ- a book you are written uh, and also that you are, indirectly, I mentioned that you're an expert on how you communicate with your customers. But for, for the audience out there, can you give them like your elevator pitch about who you are, the journey you have been on, and especially the book you just have uh, released uh, recently, and what kind of customers you're working with when you are trying to improve communication to their customers?
0: great place for us to start. I actually have a background in training and professional development and um, what happened was that my um, clients started asking me if I could help them with their customer service and I said yes. (laughs) I'm so glad I did because I was called upon to help create the protocol for a what was going to become a world-class contact center over 20 years ago. And the question was, how can we have the people answering the telephones not sound like they're sitting around at home, just talking on the telephone? That was the question. And I said, we're going to figure this out. And thankfully I figured it out, have used what I call the, customer communication formula now for over 20 years, a lot of work in pharmaceuticals, but also in other customer service settings in corporations, on campuses, in community organizations. And that's what led me to the book, Michael. My client said, please write a book. In fact, one of my clients said something to me that No one has said to me before, and no one has said since. She said, Charlotte, you owe the world a book. And so I had to get to writing. So during the pandemic last year, I'm pleased to say that I wrote the book, The Customer Communication Formula, and I'm thankful that it's being very
1: well received. It's a very simple formula, and we're going to come back to that uh, very soon. Uh, but you know, things that are simple, I of I know from experience, often uh, takes a long time to come to fruition. Uh, you, there's a, there's a, the three to three words, the three Fs, as you call them in the book. Can you tell a bit about that? When did you actually get the clarity that you actually had a unique kind of? formula to helping companies, because I guess that has been on that journey to start 20 years ago and you developed that.
0: Absolutely. In fact, in the book, Michael, I say, I built my entire consulting practice in customer service on three words. Customer communication is at its best when it's friendly, formal, and focused. And you said it, those three words didn't just appear <laughs> all of a sudden. They, that took a long time for me to figure it out. So friendly, friendly in tone, because that was one of the concerns of the client is that we, we don't want to sound like we're sitting around at home on the telephone. However, on the other hand, we don't want to sound robotic either. So, they were using their words to try to maintain the friendliness. And Michael, one of the first discoveries I had was ah, how about if we keep the friendliness in our tone, our tone of voice, and use formal words? And that combination, friendly tone, formal words, tested it out. And it sounds like music to your ears when you hear it. And then the next step came about because what I noticed was that those customer interactions that had a distinct beginning, a distinct middle and a distinct ending. It was literally like art. It was like music. When we can manage the calls with skill and with style. You know, you add the friendly tone, you add the formal words, and you keep that, you manage that call and keep it on track or that interaction and keep it on track. It's it's like a master class in customer communication. So that evolved over time. Then I tested it. Then my clients had such rave reviews about the success they were experiencing. So then it became an opportunity for me to share it with the rest of the world.
1: You talk about uh, communications on calls. I guess, does this apply also when you have face-to-face interaction from a customer service point of view?
0: Yes, and you'll notice I talk a lot about calls. However, I am also intentional sometimes about making it customer interactions. So whether it's in person, whether it's on the telephone, and get this, even if it's in writing, We've now started using this same formula for our written communication, email, chat, and so forth. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because I guess yeah, especially chat. I can imagine it's it's like a very growing thing um, in the in the world of customer service. That's uh, you know online shopping, insurance, whatever the kind of product you're going to have. Everything has actually moved online faster than any anything else has ever done over a very short period of time and especially the industry i'm part of has really digitalized their 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 businesses and have a lot of their interaction now uh, on social media or whatsapp things or whatever kind of communication form they're using what what, how do you actually take these this uh, it sounds very simple you know you know uh, you need to have a friendly tone, you need to have some uh, formal, be sure use formal words and then some focus in conversation. But how do you actually take that and apply that to a whole team? Because I can imagine you know, the teams you work with has been hundreds of people or thousands of people that need to learn that skill. And how do you actually trickle that down to an, an organization?
0: Absolutely. So there are several ways that we uh, get the pull through on this with with the individual customer service professionals. And the first way, of course, is it's embedded in our training program. And so, for example, my clients will have me conduct a training program for all of the new employees. All of the new team members will go through a program with me in a group training session. But I'll tell you where I get the most mileage, though, is in those one-to-one sessions. Now, when you're right, if, if the team is over 100 people, for example, then it's not likely that I... Alone, I'm going to have the opportunity to to work with all 100 people. But to, to answer your question, one of the ways we do this is that I'm doing it now is I'm training the leaders on how to do what I do. So, for example, I might have an organization where there are, let's say, four to six leaders, managers, supervisors, whatever they call them. I bring them in and I walk them through a coach-to-coach program and teach them all of the skills about how to be the Charlotte Purvis inside their organization. So it's the group programs, the one-on-ones that I still enjoy doing some of those. It keeps my skills uh, sharp and also the training of the managers or
1: coach the coaches interesting because uh, when leaders get these skills i guess because uh, as i was reading your book and i mentioned that before when on the calls but i started using in other situations as well as i was with decoding other people because i thought that okay well these are the kind of conversations i want no matter the professional situation if it's a customer service interaction if it's an interaction with investor or potential partner or an employee I want that these are the kind of conversations I want. I want them to be focused from a time point of view. I want them... uh... Not always. They can be, you know, uh, informal, but again, I still want to make sure that we get progress and we get some stuff done and we talk the same language. But then also, they, they have to be friendly, especially in the time we live in now. It's been very key to me and other business people I talk with that you only work with people you want to work with and you're, you're decoding everything they're saying from their body language to their voice. And and we are sitting here online today and this is how most meetings are going to be done as we move forward. And, you know, I could imagine that comes down even, you know, to three Fs as well. How you communicate digitally as well?
0: Absolutely. And one of the one of the outcomes that I just didn't I didn't think about it. I it, it never would have crossed my mind, but it makes so much sense. Is not only are people using this at in the workplace, my clients tell me that they have great success with this in their personal lives, in personal relationships. A lot of clients tell me that they're using the formula with their children. I just had someone recently tell me that, said, you know, I'm teaching my children how to use courtesy words and so forth, you know, based on what's in your book. So um, the the broader use of this is came as a surprise, but my clients are consistent in telling me, that they're using on their present jobs. And I'll tell you where else they're using this. They're using it for career advancement. They say that when they, when it's time to go for an interview, to do a presentation, to talk about their accomplishments. I've had several clients tell me that they are confident that they stood out because they used the formula and other lessons that they've learned with me to take their communication to the next level. So that's very rewarding to know that. And again, it's an, um, an unexpected outcome of the work that I've done.
1: So been on your journey and uh, you know you've seen so many customer service settings and uh, observed and monitored and evaluated, I could imagine what is it what is exactly you know a great customer service in in this world we live in today? there's a lot of you know they say the whole world have changed, but has customer service actually per se changed in a way?
0: What has changed or what definitely is recommended as a change? is that we we, we that hopefully all of us have empathy as a key customer service skill. Let's just hope. So for example, if you go to any of the, the companies, the experts in customer service, and they list the skills that are required for customer service, empathy is typically somewhere on the list. And as of last year, I'm asking everyone, let's move it to the top. For the people who who are calling us, just the fact that they are calling or contacting is a better word, actually, just the fact that they are contacting us automatically means that they need help, support, assistance. A lot of times in this world that we all live in, we have had, we've known about a crisis like in one part of the country. So, for example, in the U.S. I can remember specifically when there, you know, a hurricane in one, you know, that affected one state or tornado, a tornado. So we all would respond and make sure that we were being empathetic toward the people who called us from those areas. Well, guess what? Now it's everybody. That's what a pandemic, the pandemic has touched everyone. So we know that Anyone who contacts us, whatever their issue is, layered on top of that is the pandemic. So I'm asking, let's move empathy to the top for now. Let's train on empathy. And let's make sure that empathy is not just for our external customers, but that we are applying empathy internally as well. And so in 2020, I conducted empathy programs for my major clients, and we then set some expectations around empathy. I call them empathy expectations. So that is one change. And the other one is for us to recognize the fact that our customers now, they have so many choices. There are so many options and my standard line that I don't, I don't have to use this very much, but when I do, I will say it. It In, in most cases, we need them more than they need us because they can go other places. We want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to serve our customers, to make sure they feel welcome and, most importantly, to make sure they want to come back and do business with us again. And a lot of that rests in how well we communicate with our customers. So empathy, moving it to the top, and then making sure that we are addressing how we treat our customers.
1: That outcome, in my experience and what I've been studying the, the, the past last 20 years, is that you can't get that if you don't invest in your people because when you invest in your people they will feel more obliged to go over and above and actually what i mean with investing people is you know i take it for giving the a fair pay and all that but actually you learn them to become better in building relationship with their customers and what i've seen myself in in, in this situation is that you know suddenly uh, the way they the relationship they have with the customer change and thereby, when that relationship changed, they suddenly add more value into the customer's life than they expected. The customer become more loyal, sales and profit follows, and everybody wins and this full circle. And when times get difficult, they stay with you because that little thing. But it actually came from a seed you planted when you started invested in their interpersonal skills it's not about you know the, the skills in doing the product it's actually more about those transferable skills they can take on to life you talked about how people have to learn how to talk to their kids maybe in a difficult situation outside work and you will learn people those kind of skills they they will be so loyal to you because that's a very difficult skill you can't go and buy that often in a way so it's just so, so interesting compared to what you just said i just wanted to add that bit what, what about them um, if we take, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, take put the pandemic on top, what, what what should leaders be aware of as they, you know, especially in hospitality and pala we are we are reopening now, we are slowly reopening hospitality across the world. We are now starting to engage with a customer uh, that has changed. As, oh, first of all, as you say, they become more savvy consumers, but also they are in different buckets uh, from a safety point of view, and they have different needs when they interact with your business.
0: Yes, a couple of things come to mind. One is let's start that conversation with our customers, our guests, prior to the re entry or the reopening. So, how about if we now contact them, let them know what to expect when they come back to our um, hotels, businesses, et cetera? What we've done since they were last there any changes we've made regarding the pandemic health safety and how much we appreciate what this change what all of this last year has meant and that we are here 100% ready for you to come back but we want to make sure that you're safe and you're healthy and I'm just giving you some words just to get my point across That conversation, my hope is that we start that now. Let's don't have them come through the doors and then we start that conversation. Let's start that engagement now. The other thing we want to do for the leaders, we want the leaders to do, is to live out your customer service values right within your organization. So, when you bring your team in to give them that huddle, to conduct the huddle, to have the training, to have the meeting, have the conversation about the reentry, the reopening, and so forth, then how about if you do something unexpected to demonstrate that you are living out those values? Can't say enough about that. And so I would challenge our leaders that are listening, Michael, to start thinking about what can you do that day? Can you, is there a, a token or a gift or a plaque or is there something you can do for your, your, your team that you, where you're practicing what you're teaching? And I'll tell you why that is so important. I received a, a thank you note from a client. And I was really looking forward to sharing this with you. This this client said these words, you are showing us customer service by leading by example. You are appreciated. Thank you again. So the lesson for me there was that this is a client who sat through all of the training that I've done and remember, I talked about the one-on-ones. She said through the one-on-ones, a group training. What, what does she remember? She remembers my customer service that I delivered to them. That's her model for what customer service looks like. And so now that's, that just happened, Michael, since, she, you know, in, in the last week or so. And I said, I was going to share that with you and your audience because that was so motivating to me to know that I'm not just teaching customer service, but I'm actually delivering it to the customer service professionals that are in my audiences. What a, what, what a challenge for our leaders. Don't just talk about customer service. Show them what it looks like.
1: Just to give an example from uh, from the restaurant world, hospitality world, I talked with um, a founder of a business. Um, it's a fairly uh, they have one one unit, uh, and they have very loyal customers. Pre pandemic, and they've been communicating with them on social media, telling them where things are going, and email marketing. And then he thought, okay, now we're opening again. We are opening in a in a month's time, and he got uh, a couple of his uh, key people in for a couple of days a week because they normally furloughed and then they picked up the phone because some of these customers they had their phone numbers by a a customer data and this is very unheard in a restaurant suddenly they start calling these people and the people they didn't reach and had a five minutes conversation about just telling them what's going to happen soon and how they could book their table they left a message and he said like the amount of emails they got back and now they are you know they're fully booked for the first two months they open Just by spending, I think they totally said, we spend it about three days each of us. So there's nine working days, he said. Is that's more worth than any marketing I could buy? Just because they heard our voice. Some of them even didn't call us back. They just went in and booked directly on the table. I think that's so interesting from what you said as well, because he, they just did the effort. And I don't think they knew the, the, the customer formula, but they, they just they knew they had to do something different than just sending an email saying we open again so yeah it's just a it's a great example of what you just gave an example of then where being the example and showing your people and your customers that you really care
0: that's a great example i i look forward to hearing more about that one that's uh that's customer service in action yes it is congratulations to them for the brilliance in that
1: um as 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 you you work with uh teams especially in the moment what what do you think one of the biggest barriers is right now for delivering great customer service is uh because you know customer service is not a new thing you've been we've been talking about that for decades and the importance of that value but there's a lot of Companies that doesn't get it right i I gave you two examples from my own life uh before we went on one with a one with a dentist where I was like absolutely perplexed about how I was treated as a loyal customer but where are we from a uh if you would have to say from in a society when it comes to good customer service uh are we very good at it now than we were five years ago are we is it worse where where are we
0: right now we are in we're at a crossroad and that crossroad uh, has come about because we are now moving to additional channels and we are sometimes not taking with us to the new channels, the lessons learned from the original channel, the telephone. We are excited about the new channels, but not stepping back to say, are we are we are we responding to the customer in the way the customer wants to be treated so let me let me give you an example for that most of the surveys tell us that most of the customer surveys I should say tell us that customers say regardless of the channel we still want to be treated like human beings so what we find sometimes is that the Language, the verbiage that's used in some of the electronic communication, it literally sounds like a robot talking to a robot. It's not doing what the customer is asking. So, that crossroad of we're moving to new channels is very exciting, but let's be more thoughtful and intentional about what this means from the customer point of view. And then the other issue at that crossroad is this pandemic that we're in. Now we're mostly remote, and I'm learning now that some contact centers say that even when and I'm sure you you've heard this too, Michael, that even when the pandemic is over, they said now no we'll we won't we will not go back to an office. We are going to stay remote for for whatever reason so now. Just think about it this way from the point of view of a customer service professional. Let's say you have a challenging situation on a call or you hear some very, very sad news from a customer. When you were in an office, you could turn to the person next to you and say, I just had a tough call. That was, you know, that one really, really, that was one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Well, now we don't have that human interaction. How are we? What are we doing to provide that level of support for our customer service professionals when there is no one to turn to? Have we filled in that gap? And that's something that I did with some of my leaders in 2020 was to have them: let's take your day in the office and let's look at all of the interactions that you had during a the day. Then let's see what can we do to translate that now that we are remote. So, so to answer your question, we're at an intersection created partly, what are we going to do about all these channels? And secondly, how are we going to function and provide that support now that we're all remote? Those would be two of our challenges right now
1: we are hungering for that human touch after being you know in and out of lockdowns or whatever we've been in the different parts of the world over the year but we've definitely been less human contact than than ever i can remember in my lifetime and that's definitely some of the things i'm hungering for as well but i I can definitely see that for call centers where you actually you know they're not sitting in an office you're calling them at home um and they they don't have any colleagues to you know also from a training point of view to get better you can only get as good on online training as you do. It's not the same as having, you know, a one-to-one side by side. Yeah. So that's interesting. How do we actually solve that as leaders? Because that's a massive challenge besides uh, having, getting the business working. What about uh, yourself as you, um, you know, you're travel- you have, you have a long career behind you and you. Was there anything you, you know, when you went out on, the say, the customer service journey 20 years ago, anything you wish you'd have known uh, at that point that would have helped you uh, where you are today?
0: It would have helped me to know what I know now. And that's the, a, a hard lesson that customer service. I used to think it began like with the hello, welcome to Michael's company. My name is Charlotte. How may I assist you? And I spent years focusing on that only to learn that the customer service actually begins with the leaders. So I can go into an organization. I can spend time with all 100 of the customer service professionals. When I walk away, if there is no one there trained and has the training and the passion to conduct those one-to-one sessions to model customer service to demonstrate empathy etc then it won't work all of it it, it, without that pull through you don't get the long-term benefits so that's one of the lessons that i learned customer service begins with the leader
1: How have you applied that, uh, you know, you can call it a failure or learning? How have you actually applied that to uh, your work today? Because I guess then you you approach that in a very different way when you go into working with clients.
0: Absolutely. I apply that in a very specific way. So, for example, recently I submitted a proposal, uh, was invited to submit a proposal to a potential new client. And now it's embedded. It's a requirement for my work. Yes, I will come in, I will conduct this customer service program, but as a part of this program, I want to meet with this leader on a regular basis to transfer my skills and my knowledge to the leader. And the, thankfully, this organization said yes. Yes, of course, because what I, what, the way I presented it is that there, it won't work. My work doesn't work if I don't have the leader involved. So now it's, it's embedded, I should say, in my programs, Michael. That's a, that was a lesson I learned. And um, I haven't had a client yet to say, well, no, we won't, let, we won't allow the leaders to be involved. I don't know what I would do in that case, but I will say, thankfully, right, right now, my clients are saying yes
1: it's super interesting that because i i, I told it, it doesn't matter what you do you need to get you know both at the, the top and uh, and the front line involved i believe engage in engaging whatever it is like uh, when people talk about when we work with them on cultural transformation or they want to do something different in the organization they want to put decision power they want to do it with the leader teams first to make safe. I said, no, straight away. I said, no, we need to get the frontline people involved from day one, but yeah, but maybe they say something, say, well, they're going to say the truth and maybe you need to listen to the truth as well. And that's funny that your organization still wants to put things into buckets and not, actually think about it's actually one bucket and we actually need to start talking about the problem. So, yeah, so we have a similar kind of thing that we need to get all involved to solve the problem. So else there's no reason to take us in. It's a waste of everybody's time. Um, what, what on your journey, I guess there's a lot of people has influenced you, uh, but like, who is the most, you know, your top three uh, people, uh, that could be people you know really well or people you influence with the big heroes, uh, who, who are they and, uh, and why?
0: the people who have influenced me. So the first the first one is not a person, it's a it's a town. It's the place I grew up. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, here in the US. And um there are a lot of people in Tuscaloosa who influenced me, but I'll tell you what. I as I when I was writing the book, I realized a lot of these lessons about courtesy Treating people fairly, treating people equally, um, showing concern for people, empathy. It just dawned on me. I learned those lessons when I was growing up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I'm proud to say that thankfully I had my parents, my school teachers, people at my church who all were singing the same song. We're all saying the same thing, so I give a big shout out to my to my hometown, and I have actually uh, sent some thank you notes to them recently to let them know how much I appreciate it. So first, the first person is a town. Um, secondly, I have this mentor, and that's something that I am um, very uh, make a very strong recommendation that all of us in this work have somebody who's a mentor, who's a little bit ahead down the road from us, who can help us um, know which direction to go. And so I have this mentor who who always believed in me and was always proud of everything I did, but she was always one step ahead, always saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Her name is Margaret, and she has um, been my mentor for several decades now. And she was very influential in terms of me uh, writing and publishing the book. Um, The other mentor that I will use is a group of people. And it's the customer service professionals, including hotel housekeepers, which I think you'll find interesting, which they have taught me so much about the importance of service, what it means to, to really step back and pay attention to the other person and see what makes them happy, what makes it, what makes life better for them, and then to deliver it with a smile and, and as though it's not a problem, not an issue. Customer service professionals among them Hotel housekeepers, when I'm in a hotel and that opportunity I have in the hallway oftentimes to stop, speak to a hotel housekeeper, talk to that person, get to know them, even if there's a language barrier to still be able to communicate and to really see the dedication and the willingness to be of service, that's really where I get my true lessons of what, not what service sounds like, not all of our fancy words that we all use, but to see it in action, the prize goes to hotel housekeepers. Absolutely.
1: That was a great one. That's a great one. Yeah, because um, you you often forget actually that these people they, that's what they do. They make you feel comfortable. They do service with words and no words in a way. And, uh, and the same comes to, to, to a restaurant frontline uh, employees to serve you at the table. So one of the questions I always ask people here on the podcast has been really interesting. A lot of people have been interested in that. Uh, I've been writing a bit about also when I work with clients, it's about finding, you know, especially through the pandemic, that's been so overwhelming. How do you find your impact zone? The place where you're in flow, where things, you know, you have this magical place. I often refer to one of my heroes, Michael Jordan. He had that ability when the game got tough, he got into the zone, into the flow, and then he just moves very fast. How do you find your way? Because we all have different ways of doing this. How do you get into flow? How do you find your 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 best game? If so said.
0: Well, I I know you'll appreciate this based on something you said in your email. Uh, My flow comes first with my music. And I have special playlists for special times in my life. So pretty much anything that's going on, Michael, I have a playlist that I can just go to my phone or my tablet and I can start a playlist to address whatever it is that day. And I am I am so detailed about my playlist. So this morning, in preparation for you, I put on some of my favorite music, This Is You Recommended, and I started my day with it, and it everything, there's my flow. In my work, the flow comes in those one-to-one conversations. I had one yesterday with a customer service professional. I am like Michael Jordan. I am I am on a whole different level. I am in my zone. All is well with the world. I was talking to this person about um, some words that they use on a on a call, and then I was able to help them to understand the impact of the words like I know that that wasn't your intent, but just think about think about this from the customer standpoint and there's another way. I know exactly what you were what you were trying to say. And here's another way to say it. So you see that? No judgment. I'm not judging the person. I'm not creating an alarm. I'm looking at, I want to take what you were saying and I want to help you. So that going forward, you'll have a better way of saying it. Let me tell you what happened. In the end, she agreed with the with the situation that I presented to her. What if this happens? What if you were quoted? How would that sound? But then guess what? She also was able to play it back to me. She said, so here's what I got from what we talked about today. That's it. I was, talk about being in the zone. That's my zone. I really enjoy speaking with the managers, but when I'm doing that, it's coach to coach. It's to get them ready for their conversations. But you put me with the hotel housekeeper. Put me with the customer service professional. That's my zone. Absolutely.
1: It's beautiful because you leave them in a better place when you uh, you met them, and I, I love that. That's one of that's a, one of my thing in my purpose as well. What about the uh, you know the the leaders out there? We always ask this question in the end of the conversation. What is your like you know your top three advice? And then we we can put on the customer service hat here, but I think it's very relevant. What is your, your top three advice to them out there uh, in, in these times?
0: Yes. Uh, Number one advice is to let's move empathy to the top of the list. Not just in our words, but let's actually demonstrate to our team what empathy looks like, what it sounds like, What it feels like. Let's go for it. I want to challenge all of our leaders to do that. Number two, let's have them experience their customer service. Now, I realize that not every situation is one that will allow you to, to be in the role of the patient or the customer or the guest. I understand that. However, there's something about everyone's customer service that they can experience. So, for example, if you have an interactive voice response system, when people dial into your company, then how about, have you ever gone on there and listened to press one, press two, press three, press four, press, have you ever listened to that? Have you ever, have you ever experienced what that's like to sit there and not and be given 10 choices and not to know which one to select? You know, I want you to go and experience some aspect of your customer service. Also, how about this? How about if we learn how to give feedback that's focused on the future? So, for example, the conversation I had this week, I could have spent 30 minutes Michael, going over everything that happened on the call, what was inappropriate, what didn't meet the standards, what effect that has. We already covered it in training. Obviously, you missed it. I could have spent 30 minutes doing that. But I didn't. I talked about the future calls. I laid out the case in a sentence or two, said this is the issue with this call. Let's talk about your future calls. So should this happened again, and then I gave a solution. And oftentimes oftentimes our coaching is about the past, and it's really just a list of problems and complaints, but not offering any solutions. And what would happen if we made our feedback focused on the future, and if we said, replace this with this? What if just think of the difference? That would be a quick win, something that our listeners today could actually start practicing. Think of how different our sessions with our one on one sessions, how different they would be if they're about the future and if they bring solutions. So, those would be my three empathy, experience your customer service at some level, and let's make sure that our feedback is about the future
1: i love it i almost uh i was sitting and thinking about uh, a a book uh, by one of my favorite authors uh, ken blanchard uh leadership expert from, from uh from the us as well and he talks uh exactly about you know let's talk about what we can change in the future instead of coming back he's talked a lot about feedback mechanism in the one minute manager so yeah i think i'm totally with you on that and often we are looking to do the audit instead of actually how we actually direct the right behaviors to, to the future because people know that, you know, they know when it's wrong that, but sometimes they need some help to how they can change that behavior. And that's your, your, your role as a leader. I love that. Where where can uh, people find you? They can, of course, uh, go on uh, Amazon and get your, your amazing book, the customer communication formula. Uh, But where else should uh, people go to, to learn more about you customer service?
0: Yes, absolutely. so, they can find me on Twitter at speaker c Purvis, and I um make occasional announcements there about what's going on with the book, what's going on in the business, and so forth, so that I would really welcome some um some new followers on Twitter and also my website is CharlottePurvis.com. dot com
1: Great, Charlotte. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and uh, giving us a a bit of an overview on how we actually can work and improve with our customer service through your 3F formula. Uh, And uh, I send you all the power and energy that you need as well uh, in these uh, difficult times. And uh, I, I hope to connect with you very soon again.
0: Absolutely. That would be my pleasure as well. Thank you, Michael, and all the best to you and your listeners as well.
1: Thank you so much, Charlotte, for sharing your story, insights and wisdom on customer service. If you want to get more insights on how to become stronger customer service, please also tune in to episode 37, The Importance of Employee and Customer Experience with the Boy Bailey Speaks, a.k.a. Kieran Bailey. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review or subscribe to one of our channels. A big thank you to Biz Simply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies and tools to help the industry thrive, not just survive. Check them out at Bissimply.com or on their social at Bissimply or BissimplyHQ. And you can also email them directly on advice at Bissimply.com. Also a big thank you to Fina Charlton, who is the show producer and editor from the Podcast Collective. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to our community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be links in the show notes thanks for listening and be maverick